I was never really honest with anybody else because you feel like you can't be. You feel like in order to keep up this facade of being good and being Christian and being pure, you can't admit to struggling with anything. So if you can't admit to your struggles, you can't really admit to being human. You can't really admit to your flaws and things you're struggling with and things you're figuring out. And then you don't form genuine connections because you are a shell of a human. Welcome to the Babble Podcast. I'm your host, Paige Brees, and I am so happy to have you here for some raw and real conversation. People say you should never discuss politics, money, or religion. Well, not here. This is a safe space to dive deep into how religion as a whole has affected our hearts, our minds, and our world. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We all have a seat at the table, and I invite you to sit with me as I talk with religious leaders, experts, and friends alike. So, without further ado, let's babble. What's going on, my lovely babes? (laughs) I think that's what... I think that's what I'm going to start calling this community, like babes, babble kind of works, maybe. I'm not sure yet. I'm still not sure what I'm going to address you guys as, but I'll just feel it in the moment. Today, you're my babes. (laughs) I have had a really like chill day today. Um, It's a Monday. It's a hot day. We finally have like summer heat here where I live. It's been a minute. Or it's been a long time coming, I guess, but it's so hot today. And yeah, I've just been like remembering what that's like. (laughs) Because I had my first like northern fall and winter and I almost forgot what it was like to live in the heat. So, which is sad coming from a native Oklahoman Texan because all we know is heat. But yeah, anyway... Today's episode is about friendships. Friendships. Oh boy. Um, obviously, that's a very broad topic, but this was the chapter of my book that as I was writing it, it was really hard to write. I mean, every chapter is hard to write, but this one was particularly hard for me because I struggled a lot with friendships. Um, I mean, everyone did, but I've felt like I could never get friendships right in middle school and high school. Like there was always something that wasn't clicking. Um, and I think the way I wrote it out in this chapter, um, kind of the way I processed things, I suppose, and kind of like come to understand where I was at emotionally and all that jazz. I think it Like, I think I figured it out. (laughs) I think I know why I sucked at friendship so bad. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to take you through that with me today and just talk about friendships and my view of friendships from, um, obviously, from my perspective, because my perspective is the only perspective I can speak to. So (laughs) here we go. Um, Yeah, I'm going to start reading what I wrote in this chapter and 
maybe and I'll probably end up going on a tangent but I'll start off with reading it because I think I wrote it pretty well actually so <laughs> hopefully this makes sense uh, with the spoken word it reads well on the page but you know sometimes you never know oh friendships oh boy this one is a doozy so let's talk about friendships more specifically let's talk about friendships as an adolescent slash teenager slash young adult they're hard as hell y'all at least in my experience and I always ask myself why were friendships so hard it was probably because people thought I was weird right like people didn't think I was funny I wasn't super pretty to certain groups of people but really really gorgeous to other groups of people so hanging out with those groups of people individually or together made that awkward because obviously appearance is a huge factor when it comes to high school relationships like <laughs> are any of those true and yes I do think that all of those things are true but more importantly friendships as a young person are hard because how you how are you supposed to know how to find a healthy relationship with another human being when you as a person when you as yourself haven't yet fully formed a healthy relationship with yourself and that was a huge okay this is off book like <laughs> that was a huge revelation to me that's why I was like oh that's why relationships are so weird and friendships are so weird and everything is just weird because nobody knows who they are yet right like no high school person knows everything about their likes their dislikes their pet peeves their turn-offs their turn-ons but then they're expected to pick another processing high schooler and form an emotional bond with them that doesn't leave the both parties frustrated or confused about their own personal development because they're inevitably being influenced by the other person's thoughts and beliefs you know what i mean like there's no there's going to be clash there it's hard to have real friends when you don't know exactly what you think about yourself or what you think about the world because as we've established young people are very malleable you know there have been multiple studies to suggest that all humans and especially adults even adults i mean but especially adults take on the mannerisms or thought processes of those that they spend the most time with and having friends in high school was hard for me i was juggling being a perfect jesus loving pure church going girl and also trying to be a stylish intelligent talented cool involved in my public school activities and parties etc etc and if you went to church as a kid like I did and you went to public school at the same time, you know what I'm talking about. Like, especially if you had kids in your church youth group who went to the same high school as you. Because no matter how hard anybody tried, the person who went to church and the person who went to public school were two completely different personalities. It's it's just the reality of it's just the reality. You got kids at school saying shit, damn, bitch, fuck, and making sex jokes while you have kids at church who are bragging about their prayer session or the devotional that they read that morning or the Veggie Tales song that randomly started playing on their iPod earlier that day because God wanted them to listen to that song. You know, like, it's two completely different worlds. So tell me how a young person is supposed to form genuine connection with two completely separate groups of people. And as an adult, yeah, it seems simple, right? You just find the things you have in common with each of the two groups and elaborate on those things in your friendships while occasionally having civil discussion about the things that you don't agree on. 
right? That That's how you bridge the gap, obviously. Newsflash, though, I didn't learn how to do that until I was a 25-year-old grown-ass woman. Like, <laughs> I st- like, it took me forever to figure that out. So, with all that being said, let's focus in for a moment. We've discussed more specifically friendships as an adolescent, teenager, young adult person. But now let's discuss more specifically friendships as an adolescent teenager young adult who is heavily involved in religious teachings right I kind of touched on it a second ago but boy does that tend to throw a wrench into forming connections with people right for example alcohol drinking alcohol we can all agree and all understand that drinking alcohol under the age of 21 is illegal right disclaimer but high schoolers drink Hell, even middle schools drink. Middle schools? Middle schoolers drink. Like, kids drink. But did my sheltered little youth group self know this about my high school friends? No, not really. Did I freak out when I realized that I had good friends who drank and partied? You betcha. And this went one of three ways when I found out that my friends were drinking underage. I either, number one, completely shut them out because what they were doing was wrong. And I don't associate with that, so I just cut it off. Number two, I decided that it would be best to lecture them about why what they were doing was wrong, all in the context of Jesus. I mean, I never actually made any points, like physical points regarding their health or the fact that they could get into a horrible accident if they were irresponsible. Like, I didn't take any of that into the argument. It was always, no, Jesus said. So that's number two. Number three... I just say nothing and attempt to remain in the friendship while suppressing all my feelings about the circumstances and allowing myself to be the butt of the two Jesus thee for fun jokes. Like I got those all the time. Like I was too Jesus y to have fun. But I allowed myself to be the butt of that joke for the sake of my purity, right? Uh, but that phrase, like too Jesus y, <laughs> little wonderful phrase. What a wonderful phrase. And no, it doesn't mean no worries. (laughs) It means you're not quite cool enough to get close with your secular friends. But for me, that meant that I couldn't form a real connection with anybody. Period. Not even the kids at church. Because, and this is huge, y'all, because to be the ultimate Jesus gal meant that you couldn't really struggle with anything major ever. I mean, yeah, like, we all know that we're imperfect, and yeah, we all sin, and yeah, we all make mistakes, blah, 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 but come on, let's be real. Like, how honest could you actually be in your small group at church? Right? Like, did you ever actually say that you were struggling with really wanting to try a beer last weekend? Or that you had stayed out past curfew to hang out with your friends, which included guys? Like, or or did you... (sighs) I did this all the time. Or that you lied to your parents about who you were texting? Obviously not. Like, nobody at church knew the real me. Like, if they did, I would have never been allowed to be a leader in my youth group or sing on the worship team because, like everybody else, I struggled. But the concept of church being a completely safe space is lost on teenagers. It is, truly. Like, you can't be imperfect and be a good Christian girl at the same time. The nuances of grace and the concept of grace are are not fully comprehended because you feel like you're supposed to be an example to those people around you and examples don't mess up right 
like just take that in for a second and if this resonates with you you weren't alone like the abnormal expectations that were set upon us as kiddos were just absolutely insane you know I yeah I was never honest with anybody that's not true I was only honest with my best friend in high school um and it took me a while to find her (laughs) y'all she literally fell into my lap uh when she moved to our school junior year and um yeah she was my safe place to land for a long time but my church group wasn't my um my like group of friends at public school really weren't except for my best friend that I mentioned like I was never really honest with anybody else because you feel like you can't be you feel like in order to keep up this facade of being good and being Christian and being pure you can't admit to struggling with anything so if you can't admit to your struggles you can't really admit to being human you can't really admit to your flaws and things you're struggling with and things you're figuring out and then you don't form genuine connections because you are a shell of a human you know what I mean? <sighs> Speaking of my best friend, <laughs> this one hits. Um, another form of religion getting in the way of me forming genuine connections or keeping genuine connections was purity culture, specifically sex and people having sex. And. Yeah, this is a topic that destroyed all of my high school friendships that were actually worth a damn. I, for a long time, like as soon as I realized my friends were having sex, I became, I I just felt really weird. I felt really icky. I just felt really outcast. I felt really uncertain of what to do with these people. Um, And it forced me to become kind of distant. Um... At one point, this was back in middle school, actually, in 2010, um, a friend of mine, we were young, like I said, it was 2010, we were pretty young, but a friend of mine had had sex with a guy, and she didn't regret it at all, but, and like, it was totally consensual, um, but I wrote in my journal about her, like, when I found out about this. I said, I, I don't, this is me talking to Jesus. Like this is kind of a prayer that I wrote down, um, about my friend. I don't know how she fell so far, but she did. She needs to figure out that you are the answer to everything. You meaning Jesus, that you are the one who can mend her broken spirit, not lying, not porn, not sex, not alcohol, not anything that this world tempts us with. She needs you, and I pray that you'll show her that, Lord. Now, like all of us, this girl was struggling with identity and understanding love and all of the things that teenagers struggle with. She was also doing all of the rebellious things that teenagers do while struggling with aforementioned things. And I say rebellious in quotations, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, all that jazz. And it's normal. 
you know, every teenager goes through that. But my Jesus brain said, nope, 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 nope. That's incorrect. You're not supposed to do any of those things. Porn is wrong and sex is wrong and intimacy is wrong and all of it is wrong. So she must be wrong. She must be wrong. And obviously she doesn't need a friend to walk her through the thoughts she's having or her emotions or her choices. She doesn't need a support system. Obviously she just needs Jesus to come and save her like a Disney movie. You know, she's lost and needs to be found, but not by me. That's not my job. It's not my job to be an active participant in her crazy life. It's my job to see her at school and smile and say, hey, Jesus loves you when she brings up boys and, and then start talking about literally anything else. And that was at age 13. Y'all, that was really my first, like, friendship destroyed because... I didn't know how to deal with sex and things like that. Fast forward to age 20 and it just gets worse, right? Like I'm in college and I'm a grown ass woman, been living away from home now for two years. I was in a long-term quote unquote Christ-centered relationship, living in my own apartment that my parents paid for, like not my own apartment. Like I didn't pay for it. My parents paid for it. I'm super privileged just for transparency. I am fully aware at this point in my life during college that sex is a thing that people do. Like, I know that. I'm not stupid. Um, I still hadn't done it, but I'd gotten close, like, multiple times with my then-boyfriend. Um, and my best friend, this was the same girl that I referred, that I was talking about in high school, um, moved, moved to our high school junior year, and then she and I became inseparable. Um, she was the only person I was truly honest with, like always, all the time. She and I ended up going to college together too. Um, and she was also in a long-term relationship. She ended up marrying him. Uh, they're, they're adorable, but she and I would meet, we met our guys at the beginning of college and she was a person of faith. Um, but she still knew how to have fun and, like, talk through things. Um, and, um, yeah, she was my rock for a long time. But my boyfriend at the time, who I was relatively serious with, um... He didn't, he didn't like her <laughs> pretty much as, as the bottom line to it. He didn't like her. Um, and my best friend didn't like him either. Like my boyfriend and my best friend did not get along. They, that divide was very hard first and foremost. Um, and that tension between the two of them went on for over a year and she and I began spending less and less time together because of it. Um, because I was always with my boyfriend at the time. And um, I felt very hollow because of that. Like my, my romantic relationship with my boyfriend wasn't exactly fulfilling and there's nothing quite like knowing that your only sisterhood, that your best friend is also starting to crack. Um, but one night drove a stake into that crack in our friendship that just caused it all to crumble. Um, I'll walk you through it. It's a weeknight. I'm in my apartment by myself. My boyfriend's not with me, uh, which was very rare 
but I was in my apartment by myself. I'm about to go to bed. Uh, my phone lights up and it's my best friend. She texted me. Um, she hadn't texted me in a few days, so my heart both smiled because I was happy to see that it was her name on my phone, but I also was like a little anxious because I was anticipating what this text might say because she hadn't really texted me. I just didn't know. Just hadn't talked to her, so you know, you know, you know that feeling. So I opened the text and it said, we just had sex for the first time. My best friend talking about she and her boyfriend. And I read it again. We just had sex for the first time. And I sat on my bed and I cried. Like I cried, like my best friend had just died. Like, I, I wasn't happy for her. I didn't ask if she was okay or, like, how she was feeling about it all. I just cried. And I know that... <laughs> I literally wrote this in my book. I know that this isn't good book writing, but I have to be honest, my memory is a little blurred after that. <laughs> like, I think... I don't remember what happened, but the next thing I remember is probably, like, a week or two later. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I... I met my best friend at a Starbucks to discuss the concept of sex. Like I, I had written notes on all of the verses I'd learned in church explaining how sex before marriage is wrong and how she shouldn't have done it. And like of all these notes I'd taken from sermons in high school and college youth groups, like how my boyfriend had stuck to the sanctity of marriage, all of that. I had it all written out like I was going to fucking, like I was going to a meeting or something. And she was... <sighs> she was graceful enough to sit across the table from me on that patio of that Starbucks and listen to what I had to say and then calmly explain how she disagreed, how she was taught differently by her church, that she fully believed that she did absolutely nothing wrong and how, you know, her and her boyfriend are happy and she loves him and that sex is not an issue. And my brain couldn't understand it. Like I had been so indoctrinated by a set of particular church's teachings, my church's teachings, um, that I didn't have the capability of thinking critically about the situation that was in front of me. Like, without realizing it at the time, I was sitting on a Starbucks patio across the table from my best friend in the entire world and choosing between her friendship and my indoctrinations. And my best friend was smart enough to understand that I wasn't gonna choose her. So she walked away. And our friendship didn't completely end there. Like we tried to pick up the pieces again a few months later, but ultimately that point destroyed the trust of our friendship that we shared. I did that. My inability to put my stubborn indoctrinations aside in order to sit there and listen to my best friend and be there for her and support her cost me everything. What felt like everything at the time. Like she was all I had because my relationship with my boyfriend sucked. <laughs> it was not healthy and I, I needed her support way more than she needed mine, but I lost it that day. I wasn't able to be a friend 
to a person who was just going through life's natural transitions. My religion kept me from being human. And saying that is a really hard thing to do. You know, coming to that realization is not an easy thing, but that's why I wrote it all out. That's why I made this podcast. You know, I was trained to believe that choosing Jesus over everything else in this world would only serve to benefit me and ultimately take me to heaven when I eventually died, which apparently is obviously the only thing that matters. Um, I say that sarcastically. But choosing Jesus over everything else in this world led me to making decisions that cost me greatly. And since choosing to walk away from organized religion and from the Christianity that I'd grown up in, my relationships have been deeper. My ability to love myself has expanded. My confidence is at an all-time high and the world makes more sense to me now than it ever did within the walls of a church. Or than it ever did with between the lines of a Bible. It's just, it, it's my truth and that's where I am. And to be honest, I am still very, very angry at myself um, and ultimately at the teachings of the church for costing me what it cost me because I don't think that friendship is one I should have lost. I could have avoided that. She was loyal. She was kind. And, I mean, she wasn't the only one. I lost others as well because of my religion. So that is my take on friendships. That's my story. That's my processing of why partially why but a majority well not partially pretty much why (laughs) I think that the indoctrinations of my church kept me from having real genuine connections and friendships with people earlier on in life and I regret that I wish I didn't learn how to be a good friend Later on in life, I wish I had learned how to do that from a younger age. I wish I could have been a better person, uh, a better support system, a better friend, a better shoulder to cry on uh, for the people in my life when I met them and when I had them. Because I think I could have kept some more friendships than I have. So if you're listening to this right now and you happen to be a person that I knew back in middle school and high school, early college even. And I hurt you by my actions or by my inaction, by my words or by my lack of words. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I hope you know that I'm working on it. I am working every day to be better and working every day to heal those parts of me that hurt those around me, that hurt myself in the process. And 
yeah, I just, I apologize. If you don't know me, hi, I'm Paige. I'm trying to be a better person. And if you want to be my friend, I would love that. <laughs> I'm much better at being a friend now than I was. Like I said, I'm still learning, but it's a process. We're all in the process of getting better and healing this trauma, this religious trauma that was in, put in our brains for a long time that kept us from being fully human. If you're currently questioning and deconstructing this kind of stuff, um, you're valid, you're loved, you're heard, you're seen, you're welcome here. You have a seat at this table, and if you need someone to talk to about it, DM me on Instagram. Um, you can either DM me at the Babble Podcast or at Paige Taryn Brees, which is my personal Instagram. Like, reach out. If you need someone to talk to about this, let me know. Uh, because it's kind of hard to, like I said earlier, it's hard to come to terms with the fact that your religion and your indoctrinations might have cost you friendships and genuine connections, um, might have kept you from being a fully formed human <laughs> earlier on in life. It makes you wonder what you could have gained, what you've lost, what you could have had. Um, it starts bringing up a lot of what ifs, which are very hard, and it's a lot. It can be very overwhelming. So I want you to know that you're not alone in that. And having a support system as you work through that kind of stuff is very important. And that's what I want to grow here. That's what I hope to have here. That's what this is. This is a space for us to talk about this kind of shit and to know that working through it, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the, doing the work to heal and to figure your shit out and figure out where you stand on things, it's a lifelong process, y'all. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I got you. I got you. I'm here for you. I love you so much. I'm so, so grateful for you, for listening to this, for giving me the time of day, um, for being a part of this community. And yeah, I hope you, that this episode resonated with some of you out there and I'll catch you next time. Bye guys. <laughs>